Blurred up, blurred up. Welcome to the show where we talk about nerd culture from a BPOV, a black POV. I am your host, Brendan, and I'm joined by Sky. Hey, hey, hey. What's going on, guys? Uh, I forgot to mention this last week, but we blurred up has... It's a birthday. It's a birthday. A hey. one-year anniversary we've been doing this. Hey, yay, yay. Our first show was Drastic... World's the Fallen world. Kingdom, and now this is our second time covering E3. They, it's it's come full circle. Yeah. Full circle. We have some other things to announce in the future, but I don't want to get into that on this show, maybe in the coming month or so. But big things, don't you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, 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 just pull that out. All right. So today we're going to talk about E3. There are there were a lot of conferences and games to cover. Uh, I want to first talk about your overall thoughts or our overall thoughts on the show. Yeah. For me, I think the elephant in the room or the elephant that was not in the room was Sony. Hmm. Usually Sony has a great conference. I think we talked about it last time. Sony really had a very different show than the others. Mm-hmm. And I really felt their absence heavy. My other big takeaway was I think presentations aren't enough anymore. Or at Mm. least the ones that they presented weren't enough for me. I really had to go and dig into the gameplay videos and interviews this time more than I've ever done before to get a better grasp of what the developers were showing us in their little hour or hour and a half presentations right and I, I i have to agree with that i think that and i think a lot of that has to do with the fact that we're coming up on a uh we're coming up on an, a, a generational evolution right. right uh a lot of the new uh the, the the main consoles are about to drop their their next releases uh the next builds of the consoles are about to come out so i think a lot of that's overshadowing the actual games themselves right um, they're trying to show off Hey, you know this is what what's on the horizon with our you know next gen console, but take a look at this tidbit and hopefully you will you know take you know buy this game and it won't spoil you from going out and buying the console itself, right? Right. So it's all about trying to balance making the sales for the consoles, getting people's you know appetites wet for that, but right. at the same time also still generating buzz and and trying to get people to you know uh, go out there and, and purchase these releases you know prior to that. So. You know, as as an overall, uh, it I, you know, last year was such a good E3, um, and, and there were so many great things that were going on with that E3 that I think that this one, just in comparison, was kind of a, you know, is a, a little bit light on the, the overall substance that we had seen from last year. Right. But it was not a bad, it wasn't a bad conference. It, it no. wasn't a bad E3 by any means, but it was just a little bit less... Um, it was a little, little, little more quiet than it was from last year. There's definitely going to be a leapfrog. Yeah. 2020 is going to be lit. Oh yeah, lit. Yeah. Okay, so let's just jump right into each individual conference. The first one I want to talk about is Google Stadia. Mm. So I remember reading an article from IGN, um, Ubisoft's CEO was talking about how the next console generation, which would be the Project Scarlet or your PS5, will probably be the last console generation because we're going to start moving to cloud server Mm -hmm. gaming. And it's here. 
So I want to talk about Google Stadia for folks who don't know. Google Stadia is a console-free streaming service. It's essentially Netflix for games. All the computation, the GPUs and et cetera, RAM is all done in the cloud. Right. So all you have to do is have a computer or a phone. It really goes to anything, phone, tablet, PC. Mm -hmm. All you need is a good internet connection. So there are kind of some different levels to how this works. Stadia Base is free, and it will deliver you 1080p graphics, 60 frames per second. Mm -hmm. The only money you have to pay for is the games that you use. So if I want to play Call of Duty, I just pay that $60. Right. You know, I get a controller, and I just mm -hmm. play it pretty much on Google Chrome. That's how they want it, it to be. It want to be that easy to use. Mm-hmm. The next level is Stadia Pro, and this costs nine nine nine, about ten dollars. And just like uh, your Xbox Gold subscription or your PlayStation Plus, you get you know free games regularly, and you get discounts on various games. Right. And then there's the Stadia Founders Edition, which is one hundred and twenty nine ninety nine, and you get a Comcast Ultra, mm -hmm. which is a pretty much a streaming. It, it allows you to remotely control your media right on your tv it plugs into your tv and you can it's, it's hardware yeah right but it's about 70 bucks i believe okay now is this now now uh, the the actual price point that you just mentioned though the 129 129.99 is that going to be an actual one-time purchase is that yes okay so that's so, one time let, let me finish my bad but can a nigga finish yo i'm trying to i i need to know man this costs money i got you why so, everything so damn expensive let me start right over for $129, you get the Comcast Ultra. Okay. And again, that allows you to stream media content through your phone or PC remotely. Right. And you get a limited edition night blue controller. You get three months of Stadia Pro. Okay. And you also get three months to give to a friend of yours. Oh, okay. So it's so so they're actually legitimizing people, piggybacking off of yeah. other people's content. Wow. See, Netflix got to get with it, man. Yeah. Well, the thing is, Netflix already has built-in content that you want already. Right. This is kind of like, a, uh, do I really want to do this, right? Well, see, here's here's my thing with that. Okay. And, and and I'm really glad. On one hand, you know, Google does good stuff. They do, you know, obviously, you know, they're, they're one of the preeminent tech companies out there. And it was only a matter of time before they jumped on the gravy train when it came to streaming uh, uh, gaming content, right? Yeah. It was just, you know, that was just a matter of, if, of of when and how far the technology would come around to to supporting really good, stable uh, streaming content for video games. Now, here's the thing that I think that people might be hesitant about. Is this going to be another Project Aura, right? Because the whole Project Aura thing was really, like, had a lot of people really, uh, you know, there's a lot of buzz about it, and a lot of people really got up in arms and were like really excited about it, and then it got canceled, right? Mm. I don't know if it's going to be, you know, to that extent, but I think the hesitancy for me is that I saw what happened with the Project Aura when it came to their smartphone offering, and okay. that just completely went belly up. Okay. You know what I mean? Well, it right now it has some pretty strong third party support. Yeah. And again, because it's. There's not a lot of hardware in this. Which is good. That's really good for yeah. them and for the consumer. Mm -hmm. It makes games a lot more accessible. It makes them it makes them greener. 
yes. to be honest with you, to that's make true. makes them a lot greener, and that's that's really key, and especially with with the consumers that they're going after, they're conscious of those types of things. So that's cool. Because even with this, even if you don't have the most up to date PC, mm-hmm. you can still play games that have the power of these supercomputers that people are rigging up at home. Right. So nice. I think that's awesome. That's that's hey, I'm 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 peaked. You, you, you had my attention, but now you got my curiosity. So, like I said, um, let me go back to just some of, the, some of the numbers and stats on this. So, at the highest setting, which would be about 34 megabits per second for your internet service, Stadia would, be, would support 4K, okay. HDR video, and it would be at 60 frames per second, and 5.5 surround. Nice. At the lowest recommendation, which would be around 10 megabits per second, mm-hmm. you would still get 720p, you would still get 60 frames per second, and stereo audio. That's not bad. Yeah. Yeah. So again, it's again, even if you have a low-functioning PC, yeah. you can still play these AAA titles with really great fidelity and performance. That's a good selling point. I really like some of the the third uh the third party support and just their overall partnerships there was that uh Baldur's Gate that opening where that that knight transformed into that kind of Tchulu uh alien oh yeah that yeah. was terrifying right terrifying uh i really liked um guilt i think it's what's pronounced it's how it's pronounced uh g y l t yeah it's you're you're a you're a child in a small town, and it seems like there's no one there, and there's like monsters or ghosts. It looks like, kind of like a Silent Hill kind of game. It's a paranormal thriller, right? That's right. that's good. Okay. Yeah, but it has a distinct art style. It's not quite as ultra realistic as Silent Hill kind of right. tries to be. Right. That really interested me. And there's a silly game called Get Packed, where you're. It's a top-down co-op game where you're trying to move things from one house to another but there's right. like these obstacles mm-hmm. like cars and uses kind of wacky ragdoll physics i really thought that was cool <laughs> yeah no is it is it like a like a sandbox game or um i don't think it's a sandbox game like, okay. you, like you have a definite goal it's just there's, there's just obstacles you have to okay like cars coming by and they'll like literally hit you and you you die you right know? or like you're trying to move a shelf and it falls down on top of you and you sprawl out and Good God, okay. It looks fun. Okay, all right. You had a hesitancy about it right. succeeding. Right. You know, I, you know, I don't think I have a, so much as how great the, the overall hardware and software interface is going to be. I know that right. it's probably going to be great. The thing that I'm wondering is, is that how much traction are they going to be able to get in an already crowded marketplace? You know what I mean? Sure. Because you've got, and, and I'll get into this when I get into to my segment with, with Microsoft, but you've got already, you know, several of the already, you know, big hitters with, you know, Microsoft and, uh, of course, with, with Sony and PlayStation. You know, streaming content was already not just on the horizon for them, but that was already kind of part of their bread and butter strategy, right? Right. So they've already got a lot of these AAA titles, and then some of them are, are even exclusives, right? Google's going to have to probably, if they haven't already, which I'm sure they have, they're going to have to start really working with some of these either up-and-coming uh, studios and, and distributors or, you know, try to get some, some releases of their own that can really kind of, you know, get or some market pool. Exclusive content. Exactly, some sure. exclusive content. Sure. That's that's the thing that I think that I'm most concerned because it's one thing, you know, like I said, you, you get, you have the competitive advantage 
of being able to say, hey, look, you know, we're right there with, you know, for, uh, you know, $9.99, $10 a month, you know, we're right there with Xbox Gold, right? Because Xbox Gold, you know, with its overall package, it's $9.99 a month. Right. right. So if you're doing that, you can, you know, you've got that that competitive advantage when it comes to being able to bring in people that say, yeah, I don't really want to spend, you know, big bucks, hate sign name money. Okay, I'll try it out, right? The thing is, is it's staying power. Right. Are they going to be able to continue to compete? Because, again, we're, you know, we're, we're moving into the whole other, we've closed the gap. We've closed the gap between, you know, uh, mega uh, PC gaming, right, where you've got people that have custom rigs, and being able to do it from a cloud. Being able to get streaming content, being able to have a, a console and get, you know, games that are of that, you know, fidelity. I mean, if you go back to 2013, 2014, what you had with a uh, custom built computer gaming PC, right? A gaming rig. You can do that now with, you know, some of these consoles. So my big thing, I think, is not not naysaying so much. It's just that I'm very interested to see what Google's going to be able to bring into the marketplace. Right. You know what I mean, sure. Yeah. I agree. For sure. All right. Let's move on to EA. Yeah. And really, for me, I didn't really, I'll be honest with you all, folks, I don't care about sports games too much, so I don't re- I don't really have much to say. I really want to talk about the Star Wars game. Yeah. Uh, Fallen. The Fallen Order. Fallen Order. Yeah. I'm very interested in that. So this is a single-player game by Respawn. And Respawn, they did Titanfall, right? They did Titanfall, and, and that's really what put them on the map. And they did Apex, too, right? Apex they did Legends. Apex, Apex Legends, which I call uh, you know Titanfall 3 Lite. Okay. Yeah, um, I like that Spike Spiegel is still in Star Wars. Yep. Uh, Stephen Blum. Yeah. He's a... Uh, He's been in Star Wars for a while. He did uh, he did some voices in Rebels and Rebels. Clone Wars. Yeah, that's what I noticed first. It looks really cool. My only my only nitpick is some of the powers seem to the a some of the powers seem a little bit like uh, OP. Yeah, one power was you literally slow a stormtrooper shoots a laser. Right. You slow down time. And force pull the stormtrooper into his own laser fire. Right, so you're getting some some Kylo Ren type of uh, play. It seems like. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which is really OP. Yeah, and that this is like early in the game. Yeah. And I'm like, and he's not really and even in the gameplay demo, they're like he's not even a Jedi yet. Right. And you're like, what? Okay. Right. Interesting. I also thought some of the AI needed work. I don't know if you remember seeing it, but it mm-hmm. would be like the the Jedi would show up. And the AI would say, there's movement. And it wasn't even like, they weren't, they didn't seem excited or angry, like, oh my God, there's a Jedi here. Or he would kill a guy. Yeah. And then the trooper would remark, seeing his dead homie on the ground, and be like, trooper, he's dead. Right. So they, they really got to work on, on the responses of the AI. Yeah, I think, you know, and, and I'll, I'll give it to them. I, I, I guess what they were trying to do yeah. was, again, they were trying to show off what's possible. Right. right. And and I give him that. I think that, like you said, some of the AI dialogue was just really kind of like, what? Like, yeah. For real? Like, that's kind of underwhelming. Uh, my hope is is that, you know, in the final release that they'll patch all of that. All of that is just really kind of... Uh, Open so. You know, for the con- for the context of the actual E3, to, you know, for to show off to the audience, hey, this is what's, you know, possible. This is what, what it is. Um, here's what, you know, we have to offer. 
I do like the fact that you know the engine looks really smooth. Looks nice. Um, the 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 overall rendering looks really good. Yeah, looks really good. Um, I like that it's picking up on some of the uh, canonical content. You've got um, Forrest Whitaker, right? You know, For Forrest Whitaker's a uh, uh, character from Rogue One. He's uh, makes an appearance. This Saul Guerrero, yeah, sorry. Saul Guerrero. That's right. Thank you. Um, Saul Guerrero makes an appearance. I I'm hoping that there'll be more uh, of some of the characters that we've seen in the uh, some of the standalones and some of the particularly from Rogue One. That's again or Rebels. Or Rebels. I I'd love yeah. to see. Uh, God, what's his name? Ezra. Ezra. There it is. It just popped up right then. Ezra Bridger. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'd love to see him again. Okay. Sorry, folks want to hear more about sports. I don't do it. So go to another <laughs> other podcast. Let's move on to Microsoft. Microsoft. That's my forte. Uh, you know, as you know, uh, the big, the big, you know, center, centerpiece of the show, of course, is what they have with Project Scarlet, which is going to, you know, be their next console release coming in holiday of 2020. Right. Um, the big deal around surrounding all the buzz about Project Scarlet is how powerful that this is going to be. Again, as we've been saying before, and we even mentioned it last year, uh, that a lot of what they're talking about now, um, Microsoft in particular being, you know, their bread and butter, they start, start off as a PC company. They want to be able to bridge that gap so that they can make, uh, you know, gaming rig, custom gaming rig uh, games available at a lower price point so that you don't have to go out and spend two, three, four thousand dollars to get a custom custom rig built, but you can have access to those types of games and you can get that type of content and have that type of fidelity. Um, so a lot of the things that are surrounding uh, Project Scholar, some of the specs, uh, you know, what they're talking about right now, it's going to be powered by a custom design processor. Right. Um, they actually spent uh, a lot of their time and took a, a great deal of painstaking attention into what the processor was going to be able to do. So right now, it's going to be leveraging some of the latest uh, Zen 2 and Radon RDNA architecture. Um, they're also talking about the type of immersion that they want to bring to the play. Right. Um, so what you have with a lot of these next generation television sets right now, they want to be able to you know make the immersion and, and synergize off of what you have with your actual uh, television and the way that it links to uh, the, the actual console itself. Um, another thing that that, that uh, is big, of course, you know, um, SSD, solid-state hard drives are pretty much the, uh, the standard now. Um, they're going to be going with something that has a very high bandwidth with a GDDR6 memory. Um, the other thing that they're talking about is that they're talking about how they want to really bring what the creators envision to life so that's why they're spending so much time with actually making sure that the hardware can do that i remember just i just want to slow down a second didn't they they built a new kind of ssd for this that's system, right. right they did that's right and 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 i'm glad that you did mention that because the uh sshd that they are using for this system is going to be a custom built uh uh ssd that they had designed and they put a lot of money into r&d for it wow um, they really kind of pulled out all the stops with it. Another thing that they really want to do is that they want to make sure that all of the money that you've spent on your games, whether they be uh, downloads or they actually be the discs, that they are transferable. So it doesn't matter if it was on Xbox 360, Xbox One, um, and of course with uh, the releases for this, you can bring it all along with you. Ooh. So It's probably going to be probably a small fee to do that, though. I, I think Nintendo did that with the... Uh... 
I think the Wii to the Wii for the U. reverse compatibility. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. something like that. Yeah, and and that's really kind of becoming the standard now for anything that comes out. Um, this may very well be the very last console that Microsoft does. Right. So they really are, are more or less kind of focusing on trying to pull out all the bells and whistles for this particular console. Really future-proof it. Exactly. Now, whether or not we're going to see, uh, you know, uh, patches, um, if we're going to see, uh, you know, midlife uh, updates, like, for example, what they did with, uh, you know, the uh, PS4 Pro, things like that, you know, that that's hard to tell. Looking at the way that gaming tech is really making leaps and bounds, this may very well be, you know, the the piece de, you know, this might be the swan song. This might be, you know, the piece de resistance, uh, so to speak. Um, so that's the thing that that really was the the highlight of the show for uh, Microsoft. What I found interesting was they said that going to Scarlet is the biggest leap they've ever done for any generation, that's which to right. me is crazy, crazy. to hear because yeah. already these games look amazing. It yeah. says it's going to be four times more powerful than the xbox one x and that's nuts nuts that's absolute that's just that's nuttier than squirrel shit man 120 frames per second yep uh 8k, 8K. resolution yeah. the ray tracing looks really fascinating um i don't want to explain that here because i'll confuse myself right <laughs> but i i watched a a tech quickie yeah. explanation on it. i understand it but i really can't teach that to you guys right now or explain it to you guys i'm sorry do google it though because it's really interesting it's fascinating stuff, stuff. Uh, I thought it was really cool that Halo's going to launch with this. That's right. That's a system seller right there. That's right. That's and, a system seller. And that's that's pretty much what is going to seal the deal for almost anybody that is a, even if you're a latent uh, a Microsoft fan, if you're a latent Xbox fan, if you're down with the Master Chief, you're going to buy this console. Yeah. Um, you know, Halo Infinite is what has been the buzz ever since they, you know, released, you know, that teaser content that we saw, which was really kind of a... It was a hybrid trailer. It was a teaser con, you know, a teaser for both Halo Infinite and also something to to uh, showcase the new Slip Space engine, mm. right? That they're going to be using for this. Um, one of the things I think a lot of people were a little bit disappointed was even though that the new trailer was really good, um, I think people were expecting to see some actual gameplay, right? Um, that's one of the things that we we're really hoping to see. I think that um, even though. You know, the trailer was great. It was, uh, you know, it, it, it bought a lot of emotion, you know, from a lot of the, the hardcore gamers. It still, you know, left something to be desired, which sure. was probably the most disappointing thing I would say as far as what uh, Microsoft really had on offer. For a lot of their games, it was either here are these third-party games yeah, or here are some games that we're going to tease you about but not really show much to get you super excited. Yeah, so exactly. I want to go through a couple games that I found really cool and these are honestly all indie games and not really triple mm-hmm. a's um so number one um rpg time yeah looks like a like a mario maker for rpgs right looks fascinating uh there's dead static drive uh i want to reiterate just the fact that these presentations weren't really enough they i really weren't. had to go and look at the gameplay demos and the interviews to really mm-hmm. get a good grasp of these games because they would tease things and like wow that looks really cool that, that art looks great the the art for all all these games I'm about to list are phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, so, Death Static Drive is a it's a top down action adventure game with again this amazing art style. Uh, it's like GTA. You're taking cars. You're you're a female just trying to stay alive and running from these monsters. And right. there's 
you you can climb up the up the geometry up up the buildings and mm-hmm. find secrets. It just looks looks great. You know what I kind of liken it to when I saw it? it it's kind of like you said, GTA meets Tron meets Blade Runner, mm. right? And and it just even with the aesthetic of it, like it really had that feel. I I would say it kind of feels like I mean because she. I saw a demo of her only killing like one thing. It kind of felt like Tremors. It was it was it yeah. was it was like it was like in a weird kind of like sunset in California. Uh, they said in the video like a piece of Americana. It it wasn't really that like futuristic, honestly. Yeah. It was more of just like this is just like survive this weird apocalyptic invasion, but it's like, but it's still just regular America, right? Like in the heartland kind of sort of feel to it. Yeah, the one that was more cyberpunk was star renegades mm. and that's a like a sprite uh turn-based rpg right. the music is very 80s it really had a, a blade runnery yeah. feel to to the, the music vintage, the, to the, the music i think they used a lot of if if not vintage synths then they had a lot of emulators that they used with it because the the sound design was really yeah it really evoked that you know that 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 80s tech opera you know style and i liked it yes yeah it's on Steam too, so I'm gonna keep my eye on that. Next, totally accurate battle simulator. Yeah. Did you watch any gameplay on that? I did. I I actually caught a piece of the uh, the 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 demo for that. Yeah, it looks silly. So you you pretty much just position people in a field, and and this and it, apparently the game goes through different points, different wars throughout history. Right. So you can kind of put you know samurai against you know knights and. Etc. Even back to like the old like uh, Neanderthal days, right? And so you, you put various animals and people in position, and then once you just hit go, you just watch them kind of simulate what would happen, mm-hmm. and just hilarious ragdoll physics. It's it looks really funny. Yeah, yeah. I I think games like that it, it, they they have a novelty to them, you mm. know? Uh, and I really do enjoy that. I just got a few more to go through. Creature in the Well is a top down pinball hack and slash game okay I, wait what yeah you really <laughs> you really gotta check out the, the I didn't gameplay see this one, trailer so. it looks really cool the okay. art's really cool it's very minimal um but yeah you're essentially this guy with a blade okay and you're kind of hitting balls around the levels to kind of solve puzzles okay and get to the next place but you're also defeating enemies with them and with your own sword it looks really unique okay and let's see unto the end is a bloody hack and slash game. The art uh, and the scenery is, is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no prompts to kind of block or 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 dodge. It looks really, really cool. It right. isn't exclusive, but they they showcase it. Right. Uh, Blazing Chrome is like a metal slug kind of space harrier mm-hmm. game. Uh, Night Call is a black and white noir murder mystery set yeah, in Paris. So it looks that. really cool. And Totem Teller, which has been in development for a few years, uh, but the art design is like a like a it's like a watercolor abstract art. It's extremely eye catching. Like wow. it's the most unique as far as the art goes. I think it was the most unique game I I saw. Well, wow. for I, art, I have to go back and look at because I I didn't get the chance to really look at a lot of the uh, independent titles, the indie titles as much. Yeah. But I really do want to check those out because they really sound very interesting. Yeah, let's talk about the show for sure. Okay, no doubt. Um, you want you want to talk you want to talk some more about oh you know what I want to bring up one more game sure and that is Twelve Minutes, and apparently it's been in development for six years. It's an interactive thriller. Uh, you you're a man. You come home from work and this kind of secret, kind of agent cop just breaks into your house and beats you up and kills you, <laughs> and you wake up. And the whole game is 
you tr- you're, you're, in, you're in pretty much a, a time loop right. where every time you get killed, you get brought back to life and you have to use what happened to you in the yeah. past to try to survive. The reason why it's called 12 minutes is if you can survive, if you can survive the cop for 12 minutes, yeah. you've broken the time loop and you win the game. I mean, this must be based on actual events because this just sounds like what cops do all the time in the United States. That's that sounds really it's wild and your wife's wild. in the room too it, it's top down are you serious it's top down okay. and you're and just in your apartment and the whole thing is you have to use the environmental clues and what's happened to solve this mystery of why you're stuck in this loop and to survive wow bought 12 to, minutes 12 minutes bought to you by the nypd okay the everywhere pd <laughs> right so 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 the, now it seems like there was quite a few indie tales. Were those those the the highlights or for me? Okay, okay. No I'm doubt. sure there there are obviously more, but those were the ones that really stuck out to me. Right. Wow. Some of them are exclusive and some are not. Okay, I got you. I gotta catch up on some of these because some of the, 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 that summary sounds really yeah, man. That sounds. I'm I'm jealous of wow. you guys. Okay. Well, fair enough. So, yeah. Going back to. Uh, the triple A's, right? Yes. Okay. But to piggyback off the the indies, so back to the triple A release, releases, um, I want to kind of actually talk about what else that uh, Microsoft actually has in store. As you were saying, you know, a lot of what's going on now is that, you know, cloud gaming is all the rage. Mm-hmm. So Microsoft, of course, uh, being really trying to, to, to make sure that they get their piece of the market share for this, they've got X, xCloud. XCloud is about to actually drop actually in just a few months this October. So coming up for holiday 2019, this is going to be available. Uh, and you'll be able to stream games from your own Xbox One and to any other device. Uh, so if you've got a tablet, if you've got a uh, next-gen smartphone, you'll be able to actually use this. And you'll be able to pass titles and travel so wherever you go. Right. So that's actually a really big deal. Now, the I don't know if this is actually going to be the full service. Um, I think they're going to actually be incrementally launching this service uh, starting in, in fourth quarter to, uh, 2019 and moving on into, I guess, probably uh, second, third quarter of next year. Um, but what it seems like is that they're actually going to be doing this uh, streaming uh, beginning in October, as I said, and it's going to be free for all Xbox One owners. Mm. So that is really actually something that I think a lot of people are looking forward to. By the way, the you know the the underlying word here being free. If you got an Xbox One, you can get in on it, and it's not going to cost you anything extra other than bandwidth. Um, on to some of the other titles that we were talking about. Again, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, which again CD Projekt Red. This has been their uh, baby that they've been incubating for the better part of almost a decade now. Is yeah. uh, finally about to drop. Everybody's favorite flavor of the year right now, Keanu Reeves, apparently has made a cameo. I or... yelled out. No, no. He they apparently were... the developer said he has the second most dialogue. Right. Yeah, which is crazy. Yeah, and they were able to keep this under wraps for this long. Yeah, I'm impressed. I just I just love his appearance. He was in the game, and of course I was like, oh, that's cool. And then, you know the uh, it, you know it cuts to the stage, and he's you, Actually you see his silhouette. You're like, no way. I freaked out. Yeah. And then he comes out, Cyberpunk. <laughs> hey guys. I, he was so adorable, man. And like and he he could barely kinda like he he like didn't know his lines. He was like, the environments are breathtaking. And then someone yelled out in the audience, like, You're breathtaking. And he goes, You're breathtaking. <laughs> but he, he's like, guys, guys, sorry, I saw it. 
I gotta like finish this. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, it was so. It was well, so great. It, it, again, I think that that you know, CD Projekt Red has really kind of bet, really, I guess, the future of their entire uh, uh, company on this. Yeah. Um, they've really been, again, they've incubated this this title for quite some time. The gameplay looks amazing. It looks amazing. I mean, the this just the the depth of it, the story from what we're getting bits and pieces of this trailer that they released, uh, really. Deep look deep like i mean it, it looks like a really really deep very immersive game mm. i think that this may very well probably be the title of the year next year um if not being in the running for uh uh you know a lot of the things with they're talking about the sound design um you know the the characters yeah um i'm really really stoked for it you know ever since they started talking about this years ago i thought okay well this might you know this could be interesting maybe it'll be you know a fluke who knows and they you know constantly have really released bits and pieces to really keep people interested I'm pretty impressed. Yeah. It it won Game of Show for a lot of people. Yeah. It deserves every award. Yeah. Um, moving on to uh, another AAA release, which is not going to be uh, an exclusive, um, is going back to the re- reboot of Modern Warfare. Ah, uh, yes. Um, for a lot of people that are FPS, you know, old timers and, and really have been with the, the, the Modern Warfare, um, you know, uh, uh, titles, this really had a lot of mixed emotions because people, again, always talk about how Modern Warfare was probably one of the best, if not the best, of all of these you know Call of Duty duty releases. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people have been really kind of you know wondering what are they going to do with this? How you know how are they going to? Are they going to retcon this? Are they going to come with you know new characters? People really wanted to kind of stick to the bread and butter, right? Um, so some of the things that they were really uh, adamant about was you've got to stick with the main character, which is Captain Price. He's making an appearance, but he has a different uh, voice actor this time. Um, so that's one of the things that that was a sticking point for a lot of the fans at first. Like, mm, you know, is he going to be able to be able to you know really capture you know the the visceral nature of Captain Price? He's very gritty. I mean, he really kind of is the franchise's master chief, so to speak. So that was one of the big issues. Another issue is really about how they retconned the story. So what they've done is is that they've actually gone and the a lot of the game is set in more of a realistic modern setting. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the incidents that have actually happened within the last couple of years, things that are going on with the London uh, the London terror attacks, that's included. Um, a lot of the things that were going on with uh, what went on in Central Asia as far as Afghanistan, they actually set this in a mythical uh, Central Asian country. Okay. So a lot of these things that, that they're talking about trying to really kind of make it more, really kind of embrace the, the you know, morally divisive nature of what warfare is by itself mm. really kind of got to a lot of people. And here's some examples, and some of these are, are really graphic. Um, one of the things that they were saying was that beyond the fact that they've really kind of retconned and everything and made it, you know, extremely gory, is that some of the actually morally uh, reprehensible things that do go on in warfare, they've they tried to include... Some of these things they actually had to take out. Um, one in particular is actually uh, uh, rape in war, pedophilia uh. in warfare. Um, I mean, it, some of it was so visceral that you actually had some of the game testers that cried. Wow. And that they actually had to take you know a time out to take a break from the game because they actually were having emotional breakdowns about it. Jesus. Um, so they, they took that stuff out the game? 
Well, the thing is, is that what they really did was, is that, you know, they were trying to avoid and, you know, telling stories that were somewhat insensitive. So they actually bought in consultants from multiple cultures. You know, they had people that were uh, Islamic scholars, people that were Central Asian uh, uh, social analysts, and that were actual Central Asians from different Central Asian countries to come in. Okay. Um, so they really bought in, you know, people to really kind of talk about that and really kind of give them a an impetus and really talk about, you know, the ramifications of, you know, going into a game that you're actually trying to make this realistic, you've got to actually be very, very careful about that. Yeah. And that's, you know, they did the right thing. I think Infinity War did the right thing about that. The thing is, is that we're getting to the point where we want such immersive content. How far is too far? Sure. Right. And so that's one of the things that people were talking about. One of those controversial aspects, going back to what I was talking about, um, there is actually a scene, uh, I think it's a set piece, where uh, there was a line in which a Russian shoulder, a soldier ponders actually handing over a girl that was captured during, during the conflict, during one of the set pieces, and handing her over to a commanding officer. Now, this is the implication of pedophilia that I was talking about. Uh. And so, you know, there's one of those that there's, you know, again, that's just one of, of many issues that they had talking about this. And again, to the point where game testers actually had to take breaks because they were having you know viscerally emotional responses to it sure um going to the technical aspect of the game you know it looks beautiful uh you know what they've shown of the game a lot of the the uh what they showed in the footage in the trailer you know everything from you know the the lighting the way that they've re-engineered it it looks pretty intense they've included a lot of the you know more modern uh you know real life scenarios and, and, and events that have happened. London terror attacks, things are going on with refugees in the Syrian civil war. Um, you know, it, it's really deep. Um, people are very, very excited, but also there's been a lot of controversies surrounding this so much so to where, you know, a lot of them, a lot of the uh, pundits are talking, you know, in the community, whether or not they need to go back and really, you know, take a look at what the content is because it's deep. I think it's awesome. I think it's, you know, personally, I think it is awesome. And I think a lot of people who play those games who kind of glorify war and being a soldier and mm -hmm. uh, kind of lionizing it right. need kind of that. That wake up. Yeah. And I am and, and, and I am in complete agreement with you there. You know, I've I've seen that kind of stuff. Sure. Um, and the thing that you have with the FPS generation FPS games, I don't have a problem with them. First-person shooters, I play them. I think they're they're fun. The thing is, is that you have to get to a point, and and you really do have to understand that there is a certain you know segment of society that has gotten socialized to this shit. And when you start to depersonalize how gritty and how gory and how absolutely dehumanizing warfare really is, you start to 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 cheapen it. Sure. Right. And it cheapens life to a certain extent. Now, am I am I on that Dan Quayle shit and saying, oh, you know, it's it. This is this is the reason why you have hyperviolence. No, that's not the reason why. You can't say that when you live in a country such as the United States that you know you'll sell guns to you know a a, a kid that barely looks sixteen without a background check. So you can't say that. But what you can't what, what you have to do, and I think as a developer, this is the smart thing to do. Yes, you have to make people ask these hard questions and really get a visceral response to say, hey, you know. This is a game, but man, this shit really goes on. Well, I mean, we're just at the point. I mean, ever since the the PS3, mm -hmm. um, when they really started making real hard narratives, you know, yep. Last of Us, 
deals, deals with some gritty things. It dealt with possible sexual assault in that game too. As as the graphics improve and as you said, immersion improves, you're going to have to start getting into these hard real life uh, uh, questions when it comes to what's what's really going on. You know, this yeah. is, and I think that that is just a shift. And like you said, the technology being able to get up, you know, get up to snuff with the storytelling aspect of it. Um, so again, you know, a lot of these, a lot of these releases, you know, Cyberpunk, you know, twenty seven seventy seven. There's a lot of uh, those questions that come into when it comes sure. to the singularity, right? The yeah. Ray Kurzweil, when it comes to being able to, you know, hack the human, uh, f- hack human physiology, right? Um, you know, is that actually something that we want to go toward? Is that is it inevitable? You know, these are the things that I think that really are the deeper. Uh, uh, layers to what we saw at E3 this year. And even though maybe it's not talked about as much, I think that we're really getting to that point where, you know, those hard conversations need to be had. Yeah. I don't want to spend too much time on Microsoft. I want to get to one more cool bit, and it's not a game, but a person. I was very shocked to see a black woman presenting on stage. Hey! Uh, Sarah Bond. Yes. Sarah Bond is the head of Xbox Partnerships. Correct. She received her B.A., economics at Yale University and she received her executive MBA at Harvard Ooh. so I just thought it was awesome to see a, a black woman on stage yeah she killed it she was beautiful and I can't think of another time in EA history or EA in E3 history yeah seeing a black woman present I can't and, and, and I, I want to say that this is probably the first time I could be wrong. Yeah, I could be wrong. I could be wrong, but that but, definitely stood out to me. And it did, and I think that that's a really great thing because you know one of the things again, there's a reason why we do what we do with this show, right? Um, is that you know black and brown nerd culture is and has always been you know one of the driving forces for the reasons why a lot of these franchises, a lot of these titles, a lot of these universes do as well as they do. But you've not seen a lot of the movers and shakers represent us yeah um and i think that's really a big thing that that you know more and more of these uh these you know large cornerstones of the community uh and of the industry they've got to get you know more hip to that sure um and i'm not saying just hand them out you know i don't want to go towards tokenism i'm not saying that by any means but what i am saying is is that you know you've got to you've got to represent you got to represent um, because we're out there, you know, the people, you know, there's lots of people out there with those kinds of letters that are into this stuff. Yeah. Um, they're everywhere. And the thing is, is that, you know, you got to recruit them, you got to get them on board and you, you got to treat them right. You I mean, know, look at, look at Reggie. We yeah. lost Reggie this year. He was a legend. Yeah, absolutely. And now he's gone. All we have is Sarah now. Yeah. Sarah, you're our only hope. So, you know, I, I, hats off to Microsoft for that because that, she did kill it. She yeah. really killed it. Let's move on to Ubisoft. The game that I was the most fascinated by was Watch Dogs 3. Yeah. So I don't know if you've ever heard or played the Wii U game Zombie U, mm-hmm. but it, feel like it, it feels like it borrowed that gameplay and improved it. Right. So in Zombie U, you start off as a random character, and you're just surviving the zombie apocalypse. And you're not really a main character. You're expendable. As soon as you get eaten, you start again as a different character, and you can actually encounter your zombie self that you just played as and get your weapons back if you if you wanted to whatever you've collected right so watch dogs 3 i kind of rolled my eyes this year because even though there was some diversity in characters and presenters i felt like i felt 
it more last year. Yeah. There were a lot of, of white men on the stage and in these games mm-hmm. this year. Mm-hmm. But he started off as a white guy in this game. And then he gets killed and you cut immediately to not just a woman, but an old woman. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she's like 60 years old. Right. And she's unassuming, but she like messes some dudes up. And she apparently, I think she like kind of helped originate some of the hacking materials that they use now. Right. She, she, was, she was like a kind of a pioneer for that stuff. Right. And she's still into it. And so the whole game, what I like about it is it's kind of like a post Brexit K. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. So you're in London and you're kind of trying to build a coalition of rebels right. to fight the powers that be. Right. The game starts off, you're, you're this white guy trying to find a guy who can hack drones. Mm-hmm. He gets taken out. You cut, and then all of a sudden, you know, you pick up to this white lady, this this older white lady, which is cool to see older people just being using games, not right. not just a side character, but they're actually active doing things. Yeah. So that's unique. Um, and then when she get, I think she gets caught, mm-hmm. it then cuts to a black woman <clears throat> who's like a badass, a badass fighter. Yeah. And you, you just, it seems like you can just cut to literally any gender, race, et cetera, or age, it seems. And that's, I think that's really cool. Yeah. And I think that, that that's something that they're going to continue to expand upon is, you know, this fluidity of, of uh, uh, characters, right? Oh. And, and being able to, to really not just, not just design a character or, or you know, uh, a class, right? But actually just being randomly assigned yeah and being a part of the gameplay and being an integral part of the gameplay right not just like for example a lot of the a lot of characters like that in past and even really recent releases have been npcs right they've just been a part of the overall uh storyline or they've been you know supporting characters and you didn't really have much in the way of consequence to have to actually deal with them or use them as a uh, you know, as a playable character, right? Yeah. So I think that that's that's really cool that they that they were able to do that, and I also find it find it very very interesting that they're, you know, that a lot of these games and a lot of these developers, they don't they're not shy about allowing their politics to kind of spill over into the games into the titles that they uh that, that, that they're developing right i saw comments in the youtube gameplay yeah and they were folks who were voicing their up uh, their anger about oh oh yeah they big mad i they man, mad, youtube mad. comments for e3 were horrible yeah anyway let me let me get let me get through some more of these because we are we are running long here ghost recon breakpoint with the the punisher oh yeah i think it's pretty cool that there's you know starting to put actors into games. You have, obviously, uh, Daryl from The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. You've got uh, The Punisher and Ghost Recon. You've got Keanu Reeves and Cyberpunk. I think I think it's really neat. I, I'm I'm wondering who they're going to start. In, in the, who was it? Uh, William Defoe was, in that, William Quantic, Defoe, was yeah. in that Quantic Dream game. Yeah, that's right. Beyond Two Souls. Oh, something like that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that, that most... Uh, most of these game franchises, again, they're they're getting so big, right, and that they're becoming so immersive that they can't do anything but recruit star power, right? And they're also just just writing narratives that demand kind of good actors and not just a mocap animator. You know? Oh yeah, absolutely. You 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 want to have the talent behind the characters, right? Yeah. 
um, and that can actually embody the character and bring it to life. Yes. Um, and, and I like that. I, I really think that if you go back, I mean, you go back 20, you know, 25 years ago, and you look at what people were doing with gaming, and it was just like, you know, even just, you know, the, the small, you know, cutscenes that were just cell shaded cutscenes, right? That were not animated and they were just very, very basic. But still at that time, it was really like, oh, there's a story to this. It's yeah. just like, wow. And you come full circle. And now these are like actual cinematic releases. Right. Um, you know, the everything from the way that the trailers are made all the way down to the uh you know the 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 motion capture everything You're and they're like these like you know 20 hour action movies i do want to talk about some diversity in ubisoft's mm-hmm. presentation there was i can't pronounce her name bio jade i think it's her name she was the she's the lead designer mm-hmm. on rainbow six and she came out to present I, I thought that was really cool right you had uh brenda panagrossi she's the vice president of product management there's a division netflix movie yeah with jake gyllenhaal and jessica chastain which is crazy to wow me. which but again uh i can see that because yeah. the division if you're gonna if you're gonna do a a, a movie based on a game mm. uh, i would say the division would be one that you could do that would actually probably do well okay and i want to briefly talk about rollerball champions which oh. looks like Rocket League with roller skates right, looks right. really fun. Uh, have you ever played uh, Sega Soccer Slam for the GameCube? I have never played that, and I had a GameCube for a really? short time. Yeah, it's you're pretty much it's a tad racist. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's got some diet racism in it. Yeah, but you know, a little good. bit. You know, a, a, a sprinkle. So you you play as it's a three on three soccer game, right? And you're di- you play as characters from different regions of the world. So you have like an Africa team, mm-hmm. a European team an American team, a Pacific Islander team, and like an East Asian team, a, a South American team. Right. So it's racist. So like each region has a specialty, good at kicking, good at passing, good at dribbling, good at stealing. Right. And guess which group is good at, is best at stealing. <sighs> right. So, and then each character is kind of a stereotype of that region. So, okay. you, so you have like a surfer from the Pacific Islanders, you have like a kind of a cybernetic woman or an like a sumo wrestler or uh, anyway, I'm getting off track. So the cool thing about that game is you can hit each other. So okay. you can like straight up punch people. Right. And this roller ball game feels, it's like you're on these, on these blades, but you can like just F people up. Right. At, if they're in your way, I thought that's really cool. So I'm really excited to, to try that. It out. sounds like a, a hyped up roller derby. Yeah. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. That sounds like it's right up your alley. Yeah. I'm all about arcadey, silly stuff. So <laughs> That's why I have like 500 this, hours on Splatoon 2 right now. Is this now. like cell shaded? Because if it's cell shaded, I know it's um, definitely. It's not cell shaded, okay. but it's it's not realistic looking either. It's okay. kind of a, a mix in there. Okay, fair enough. Okay, Ubisoft, clear. Let's talk about Nintendo now. Your all star. Nintendo, again, I think this is a, th- a presentation that was cool, but because they were a little light on some of the content yeah it really benefited from watching the nintendo treehouse presentations so let me just go, go down the list richard 3 got it got a release yeah. i'm not a huge rpg fan i'm not a huge fantasy fan but for the fans who like that game that's yeah. exciting news i saw the luigi mansion presentation and i the only thing i thought to myself was they had a presentation of 
this white guy and this Asian woman went to a haunted house to play the game. Okay. And I'm like, this trope already sounds so tough. I'm like, why are you? Ahead. Why are you there? Why are you there? Yeah. <laughs> Resident Evil Five and Six get a, are getting ported over. Hey, okay. I, I don't care. That's that's not why. If you want to impress me, Capcom, put Beautiful Joe on the Switch for show. Sure, yeah, please. Contra Rogue Corpse. When I first saw just that kind of basic title on the screen, it didn't. I didn't care. But when I actually watched the Treehouse gameplay, yeah, looked looked pretty cool. It's you know Contra is usually it's a it's a two D side scrolling action game, but right. this game. It's a top-down 3D environment, and you, really? and, you can, and you can actually still scale geometry and things, but it, it, you kind of have to see it to to understand it. But it looks right. fun. Okay, it looks very different, and it looks like it's not spritey at all. It's mm-hmm. now like more realistic. Look, it looks really interesting. Okay, the guy who's behind it has worked on a number of contras in the past, so it's not like like a new guy. So it's, they've got so they've got the DNA like the and he's been yeah. Original. It definitely has like the, the the jumps and the flips and etc. Right. Like it's in there. It's okay. just in, in a different field now okay daemon x machina yeah it's a it's a like a mecha shooter right uh they had a demo for it last e3 and they actually uh contrary to some other Mm -hmm. companies ea they uh (laughs) they they listened to the fan criticism and they changed a lot of things and actually looks like when i I watched the gameplay video uh before i did the show before I, i came in here today it looked a lot different and looked really cool. Like they they've added motion controls. Mm-hmm. They it's easier to know who you're hitting and who's hitting you. Right. Um, there's multiplayer, an off and online. It looks fun, and it comes out. I believe it comes out in September. So September of this year. Yes. Okay. And next, Panzer Dragoon. You ever play that game for the, for I the Saturn? I did. I did. I actually was pretty. I was pretty obsessed with that game. Yeah. Back in the day. Oh yeah. It's. I mean, I know the, the like people who love that game love that game. Yeah. And it got released on the Xbox. Well, Panzer Dragoon Orta, I believe. Yeah, Orta. They did. So this game for the Switch is a complete remake of the Saturn game. Okay. So that they, they did some like side by side comparison shots. Looks really cool. Uh, the graphics are still kind of like, eh, we'll see. But mm-hmm. for those who don't know what this is, it's a pretty much a rail shooter like Star Fox, but right. you're piloting dragons. Right. They don't have they don't they don't have a release date for it yet. I don't think so yet. No. Okay. I could be wrong though. Next, uh, Astro Chain, mm-hmm. made by Platinum Games, uh, really exciting action game. The designer of Near Automata, that action game for the PS4, right, right. He's directing this, and then the creator of Bayonetta is supervising it. Really, looks really cool. The art's really cool. Yeah. You can you're controlling two things at once. So the game is kind of like aliens are invading mm-hmm. these Chimera from a, like a different dimension or whatever and mm-hmm. humans have caught some of them and kind of made them it kind of like hacked them and okay. made them work for them so you're kind of bound by chain the astral chain to this kind of mecha alien thing right and so while you're fighting other enemies you can send that to go fight other things too and you can work together and separately it looks really fascinating hmm. and that comes out really it comes out in august it comes out really soon i gotta check that out because that sounds like that's that's yeah. th- those are my type of games yeah i'm probably gonna pre-order that i gotta check soon. that out and of course marvel ultimate alliance yeah I, i'm i'm pretty excited about that actually you can play as anybody it yeah seems. that's the reason why because you can play like the it seems like they've got the entire catalog of the you know the triple a characters from the marvel universe in that 
title. There's like a Marvel's Marvel Knight package. We can play like Elektra and yeah. Daredevil and Luke Cage, Iron Fist. All those guys are in there. It's really cool. Yeah. Next, Animal Crossing. You ever play Animal Crossing? I played Animal Crossing once, and it was with it was with my friend's little cousin, and I really actually enjoyed that game. It's I bought it when I was in high school for the GameCube, yeah. and I played for about three months. Yeah. Almost exclusively. I would wake up in the morning, turn on the GameCube, brush my teeth, and come back in and start digging for fossils or catching fish just yeah. to just to, to rack up my money. But this game looks really great. It looks really beautiful. You're on an island now. You have to kind of like build up your island. Mm. And I'm really excited to play it. It sucks that it got delayed to, to next year. Oh, yeah. That's the whole thing. It's like a lot of presentations this, this year were like, oh, look at this tease, and then it's next year. Yeah. I know a lot of folks are excited about Banjo Kazooie and Smash. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for the Dragon the Dragon Quest fans, very excited about that guy in Smash. I don't play RPGs, so again, I'm sorry if I'm not as excited yeah. for you guys. It's another guy with a sword in yeah. Smash. But apparently he has he has a cool feature where you can kind of choose different options mm-hmm. mid mid fight. That mm-hmm. looks really cool. Breath of the Wild, were you surprised by that? I the, the, was, the sequel. To be honest with you, I was Ma- uh, Majora's Breath. Yeah, I was just kind of like, to be honest with you, I was slightly underwhelmed. Okay. I was slightly underwhelmed. That being said, I don't think it was bad. Okay. I did not think it was bad at all. For me, I think that it looked cool because it looked darker. Yeah. That kind of twisted corpse of Ganon turning to that look was, at. yeah. Looked really awesome. And just that at corruption, how it like got the rat. It looks like the the, the cinematics actually look better than mm-hmm. uh, Breath of the Wild. It looks really great. Right. I was just kind of underwhelmed that, you know, we know Metroid got scrapped yeah. and rebooted. Yeah. But I would have loved for them to just, just give me Metroid Prime Trilogy HD. Yeah. Or here's what I was thinking. Hey, we're sorry about Metroid Prime 4. Uh, all the 2D Metroid games are available in, in this collection right now. Yeah. Uh, we're going to release the HD Trilogy next quarter, quarter one. 2020 with yeah. motion controls and prime four comes out you know we hope you, you, you all can be patient until then i would have yeah. been i would have been like nintendo we good now yeah they gave nothing to us yeah nothing. you know the the only thing nothing the only the only thing that i was really looking forward to from nintendo's uh, uh presentation mm-hmm. was metroid that's it like i and and again and I'm old school Nintendo and mm-hmm. you know I've been with you know the next gen consoles and so obviously you know Microsoft being my forte these days mm-hmm. but the thing was is that I was like, look if they come with something with with uh with Metroid I might go out and get you know I might get something I might get a switch you know whatever they didn't do anything about Nothing. it and I think a lot of people were just kind of like you know just kind of threw their hands up like thing look this was like you were the chosen one. Like you had a chance. You had to, a chance to make it up to us, and you just blew it. Like you know what I mean. And I think people. I think people are actually kind of hurt by that. I was hurt. I really do think they are because I, again, I haven't played a Metroid title in a little while now. But that being said, everyone has. You know, I mean, you know, like yeah. actually, like been looking forward to one, right? Yeah. Um, I haven't been looking forward to a Metroid title in, in you know since you know the the original titles, right? Mm-hmm. But the fact that they dropped the ball on, you know, what they had really kind of, you know, wild people up for, mm-hmm. yeah, that wasn't a good look. No. 
yeah, honestly, them not having any Metroid like, at all really made me sad about this presentation. But then again, I had to kind of watch these tree houses to really go, oh, that game is actually really great. Yeah. They really didn't show a lot in the presentation except for uh, Animal Crossing. Yeah. Really, to me, uh, a little bit of Panzer Dragoon gameplay, but really nothing that I mean, but nothing that serious. was like, overwhelming, though. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We're almost done, guys. Stay with us. Let's move on to Square. Yeah. Again, I'm not a big RPG fan, so this is going to be really quick for me. Final Fantasy VII looks amazing. Looks really good. I bought Final Fantasy VII during the GameCube era, so I couldn't really appreciate it because right. the graphics were just, I just couldn't do it. Mm. But this game looks absolutely stellar. Yeah. And the gameplay looks like something that I could actually get into. It looks pretty It looks pretty enticing. Yes. Um, from what I saw that I was like, okay, well, I might take a second look at this because, again, for the... The, the title for the GameCube, I, I, a friend of mine had it, and I just didn't really get into it. You mean I thought the impetus Chronicles? Was, Chronicles, rather. Crystal Chronicles, um, yeah. Right. I, I, I didn't really get in, get into it, mm-hmm. but this now, you know, the the way that it looks, the gameplay, it, it's intriguing. Uh, it, it looks really smooth. It's similar to... It looks like they they improved off of Final Fantasy fifteen from what I've, I've seen from the gameplay videos. It's action now. It's not turn-based. Yeah. But the gameplay presentation was was gorgeous, and apparently it's episodic, so you mm-hmm. don't have to buy the full game; you can buy them in pieces. So that's that's also oh, enticing. Really? Okay. So like episode one will be like I don't know thirty bucks or something. Right. I don't know how long it'll be, but right. so that's pretty cool to me. That's dope. Final Fantasy VIII looked terrible. <laughs> so apparently there was a rumor with eight that when Square moved to a new location, yeah, just their original content for eight that they made, they yeah. lost it in their move. They lost it. Yeah. So that's why. That you've had all these kind of what? remakes and remasters of all the games, but eight. Eight's always been kind of left out. You okay? So I don't know. Don't ask me. But the way that eight looked in the presentation, it looked like a PS2 game to me. So it, in, it in looked other, really in, bad. It, so the, in other words, you're saying it looks just like straight hot garbage, is what you're saying? Either they like just ripped code from old ps1 discs or yeah. they remade it from scratch and just didn't really put any effort into it because it just doesn't really look that good I, you know the thing is it's so repetitive i don't like turn-based games okay i just don't like turn-based games Chrono like, trigger that was my game Trigger's yeah that's game. cool that, i mean that was all right but most turn-based games all they do is serve to piss me the fuck off <laughs> like that to be honest <laughs> with you man like i'm like why do i have to wait like let me get up in that ass and let me just keep on moving but you can't do that. I just I hate turn-based games. I, I can't love, stand them. I love that that new Onion article. Was it Onion or Hard Times? It was like a creature capable of destroying the universe has to wait turn to play. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like I might as well go back to playing old school RPGs where yeah. I'm got like a, a friggin' six or twelve sided die. Yeah. And I'm like throwing like three D plus twelve damage or some shit. Like I'd rather do that. Because at least then I'm interacting with people. This whole turn-based thing, like, this is my shit. Like, you're making me wait to play my shit? Nah, man, we're not doing that. That, We don't do that around here. I'm glad Seven is kind of changing that up. That's pretty cool. Yeah. All right, I want to talk. We could go on about all the RPGs on Square, but I don't have the authority or care to do it. Fucking RPG. Sorry. Let's go to the Avengers games. (laughs) You're going to make some enemies, man. Uh... Well we, well, we both are. The Avengers game. Yeah. So That's the only thing Square's done, by the way, that I'm actually like, oh, I, I want to actually play this game. You want to play five, uh, uh, 7? 
Okay, well, all right. Don't look cool to you? With, with, all right, with really, an exception really, of, of really seven. damn cool. With, with, with the exception. All right, go ahead. Avengers looks pretty cool. I was just reading about it, and apparently... So you can play as every original Avenger. Right. And it has apparently a, a deep story. Mm -hmm. We saw that gameplay trailer. Right. But each character kind of has a different style. So Thor kind of plays like Kratos from God of War. Mm -hmm. And Iron Man kind of has like kind of a real shooter vibe, but he can also go on the ground and start you know, brawling too. Right. Hulk, apparently his kind of thing is just with momentum. Like you're like he's runs, he jumps, you gotta kinda keep building off the momentum of right. his motions. And then, you know, Captain America and Black Widow kinda play like Batman or Spider Man. Right. So there's a lot of variety in the action gameplay. Yeah, so that's like really that. cool. I like that a lot. Everyone's been kind of complaining about the character design because it's based off of. Yeah. It's kind of based off the movies, but they don't look anything like their movie characters. That, that, I think that was a licensing thing. I think Maybe, that, that, yeah. that probably was a licensing thing because the first thing that came to Much my cheaper. mind was that okay, Square really wants to do this. They got the rights to to actually you know from Marvel to do a game, but then when it came to actually leveraging the likenesses mm. of the different uh, Marvel characters from the MCU. I think a lot of people wanted that. I think a lot of people were complaining that, hey, we really would like to see that kind of come full circle. Yeah. I don't think they either had the money or there was a licensing disagreement because I think this has been in the this has been in the works for a while. Sure. So I think that there was a licensing breakdown where they couldn't actually leverage the likenesses. Yeah. I mean, I think they look fine. Yeah. I don't have a problem. With it's like that Spider-Man game that just came out uh, last year. Mm -hmm. You know, he didn't look like any Spider-Man that we knew. Right. But and it, it was still a good ass game. Yeah, and it I mean it kinda of took me out and apparently there's apparently possibly a link between the two. Oh, really? Okay. Uh I think in the Spider Man game he was talking about like he when he saw Avengers Tower for the first time, he said, Oh, the guys are probably in the West Coast doing something. Right. And apparently this new Avengers game takes place in like San Francisco or like right. on the West Coast. On the West Coast. So there's a rumor that there's actually a connection there. Oh, that's cool. Okay. Don't know for sure. And of course, Spider Man was done by Insomniac and not square, not square, but they may try to merge this universe. Who knows? Same as Sony and Disney. Did. Disney. Yeah. So who knows? Synergize. Uh, one last game I want to talk about, and that is Sky Children of Light. Mm -hmm. and that's by that game company. They they did Journey mm -hmm. and Flower for PS3. Really excited to play it. It looks like a four player co op game this time. Right. It's still a mystery, but Sony Sony didn't show up, mm -hmm. but that game did, and so I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Okay, we're almost done. So I want to just wrap up really quick and just fire off some questions at you and myself. First, what game are you most excited about? Most excited about? Uh, hands down probably has to be... A, it was a tie. I'm most excited about uh, Halo Infinite, okay. by far, and Cyberpunk 2077. Um, honorable mention actually goes to uh, probably Microsoft uh, Flight Simulator. Oh, um, they're bringing that over yeah, to that. Xbox One, which is amazing. By the way, I think that's a that's really great. I'm looking forward to those three titles the most, to be honest with you. I'm looking forward to Cyberpunk 2077. Mm -hmm. And the game that I forgot to talk about, and we forgot to talk about, kind of Bethesda's, uh, yeah, conference. I'm sorry, I, I and I, I'm sorry about that. Doom Eternal looks cool, but the game that I'm most excited yeah. about is Deathloop, Death which Loop, is yeah. a game that has a black and a black male and female lead in it. Yeah, a triple A title. Uh, it's done by the guys <clears throat> who did Dishonored, which, and it, and it's yeah. A, yeah, great game, great game. 
uh, and it's about these two people who are kind of trying to kill each other, and they're and once they do, they're kind of caught in this loop where they keep coming back right. alive. So it's still a mystery. I'm very excited to see how that plays out. Yeah. So yeah, again, more representation in games. Mm-hmm. Really Look, cool. Looking good. Good. Good looks. Good yeah. looks. Doom looks also really cool. Doom. I. You know, I didn't even mention that just because. I, I mean. It's Doom, man. That that's that's a cornerstone, um, yeah. and just the way that it looks is just. I mean, it's always always been gory, yeah. But they took it to another step, and I'm just like, wow, it looks insane. It looks nuts, insane. Yeah. Um, biggest surprise for you? Biggest surprise? Mm, I would probably say uh, that's actually a hard a hard question for me because I didn't. To be honest with you, I didn't have any really big. Wow, like you, you got me like moments. Overall. I think Keanu and Cyberpunk was mine. Yeah, you you could probably say that. I think that his him being actually in the in the uh, actually being in the game and having a large part uh, a, yeah. a large part in the game that's awesome. Yeah. Biggest disappointment. Biggest disappointment. Um, right now, I would probably say that it was it's the Avengers game. And, and again, let me tell you why. Okay. I still want to play this game. It looks good, but just some of the things about the overall characters. I think that I'm just right now. I'm so spoiled that so many of these other game studios have been able to have been able to rec- recruit, uh, you know, really good AAA talent, you know, for the motion capture. Um, and actually be able to use their likenesses. Mm-hmm. So I think maybe that's, you know, it, it's a bit biased to say that. That being said, I'm still going to play that game. I still really do want to get that game. I'll definitely keep my eye on it for sure. Yeah. Um, I would say, obviously, Metroid or lack of Metroid let me down. Yeah. I'm still holding out for F Zero. I love F Zero GX uh, HD uh, remaster yeah. with, with online play. Just give me that. I'll be fine. Yeah, no doubt. Maybe extra, extra few tracks. But. I just love F Zero. I love Metroid. Like, and they give Nintendo gives them no love at Zero. all. Zero. Who won E three, if anybody, for you? Who won E three? You know what? I I gotta say that probably uh, it's a I'd I'd say it's a tie. It's between uh, Microsoft actually their presentation um, and having uh, what was her name again. Um, Sarah Bond? Yeah, Sarah. I, either, I think between her and probably Keanu Reeves. I think Keanu probably won. Uh, I mean, this dude just stay winning right now. Right. You know what I mean? He just stay winning. But the fact that uh, Cyberpunk really kind of came, you know, you know, to full fruition with showing us what's really in store. Mm-hmm. Um I think they might have taken the show. Um, I think that there's so many things that are on the horizon that we didn't get enough to see. Yeah. Like, we know these are going to be good games, mm-hmm. but give us something. Like, show us what's going to be going on in these games. Cyberpunk showed us what's going to be going on in the game. Yes. You know what I mean? They showed us the star power that they got, that they're going to have in the game. Um, so I think, honestly, man, I, I'm, I'm going to have to give it to them for now. I agree. I think Microsoft. Just because Sony wasn't there, yeah. Microsoft not only showed off a lot of new games, they showed off a lot of, as, as I went down the list, a lot of really cool indie games. Even yeah. if they weren't exclusive, they showcased them on their on their presentation. And they gave them a platform. Yes. So that was awesome. They showed off Scarlet a little bit. They, they gave us a window into it. They got me very excited about, I'm mad excited about, about what's going to happen with that. So 
yeah, I mean, they've been kind of losing this generation. That kind of like, I mean, Tony's been stomping them out. Mm-hmm. But Microsoft kind of replanted, like, kind of replanted their flag in like a "we ain't going nowhere" yeah statement. And I we think got that was really ten cool. toes the fuck down, son. Um, that's really what their <laughs> statement was. You know, I yeah. think that they really said, "Look, you know, we know that you guys have been We're here to stay. Yeah, you guys have been been on it, but." You know, we're Microsoft. You know, what, what else did you expect? So I'm gonna give it to them. I think they really came came with the heat this time. Man. Yeah, Nintendo would be like second best to me. Yeah, I really like their their, their variety of games this time. Yeah, and again, it's I feel like Microsoft wins to me because with with the little they showed, they still got me excited. Whereas yeah. Nintendo, I kind of had to look it up to Maybe be you had excited. To delve into it. So that's why they get the nod to me. Yeah, no doubt. I, I I think we're unanimous on that one for sure. Yeah, Microsoft, well done. I mean, you came with with uh, breadcrumbs, but they were really really gourmet breadcrumbs. So, big big ups. And and just sheer volume, right? They had the it's they had the biggest the greatest number of games on mm-hmm. any theater that that day. Mm-hmm. Three. And for 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 Xbox and for Microsoft to do that because again, a lot of the Xbox titles that you see the most are the AAA ones. Right. Um but I think it was really great like you said that they showcased the indie titles. They gave those indie uh developers a platform which is a huge platform. Yeah. Um and I think that that's something that's really really important especially in the field now that there's so many acquisitions going on out right. there. Um I think that was a really big step for them. So kudos to to Microsoft. Well done. All right. Running a tad long, but E three is like that, right? We can't it's it's hours upon hours of video to comb through to yeah. give you guys and what, you can't a little just, over an hour the, of content you know, we like, try on to, our show. We try to give you guys like the, the best, but I mean, you know, it's just literally like there's just a absolute preponderance preponderance of material. So yeah, it's impossible for us to, to get it all down. We hope you guys stuck with us and we appreciate you tuning in. Yeah. Hey, let us know what games you liked, who won E three for you. Were we crazy about not liking RPGs, etc.? Yeah. By the way, also, okay. uh, you can get at, at us if you want to gripe or if you want to share your stories with us about what you thought about E3 or any of the other titles that maybe we didn't mention. Come to the Blurred Up uh, page. Where can you find us, Brendan? Facebook slash B-L-E-R-D-U-P. Also Twitter at B-L-E-R-D-U. And on Instagram at B-L-E-R-D period U-P. Where can they find you, Mr. Sky? No doubt. Uh, check me out on the Blurred Up page as well. And if you are into other things such as uh, social economics and the other things that we are striving against, come check me out on my Facebook. You can just find me at Askaya Muhammad, and that is A-S-K-I-A-M-U-H-A-M-M-A-D. I also have a Twitter handle, and it is at H underscore R underscore paper stacks. And uh, I hope to uh, hear from you. Let us know what you think. And uh, we'll take suggestions. So we're hoping you guys enjoyed it. All right, y'all. Thank you. Peace. Until next time. Peace.